church, please stand. Lord, we're just so grateful to be here today. I pray that as we come before you and sing praises to your name, that you open our hearts, open our eyes to the things that you're doing here as you move in this place. In your name I pray. Amen. Let the key
God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Oh, yeah. Come on, brother. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> They're blessing us. Amen. You know, I mean, that's really the scriptural thing. Yeah. Blessed are the children who come unto us and forbid them not. So, Father, just right now, we just ask an anointing upon um, these children and all the children in this uh, church who are here or not here. And, um, Lord, help us, train us to equip them uh, to be warriors in the world around us. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Amen. be with Amen. you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. Be okay. nice to the teachers. We don't pay them. From <laughs> <laughs> Revelation, chapter 7, beginning in verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are those arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Please stand for the reading of the psalm. This morning's psalm is Psalm 24. We'll read it responding by the asterisk. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas. And established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He shall receive blessing from the Lord. And righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him. Who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, lift up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. You may be seated. This morning's second lesson comes from 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. St. Matthew, chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated with his disciples, came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Praise God. <clears throat> Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good to be with you. I always, uh, I miss being at St. Michael's. And uh, when I'm away, I watch you on uh, live stream on occasion unless there's a football game on. And then, because uh, you come on in the middle of the afternoon in New York, you know, it's, it's, but I do, I do kind of check in every once in a while and, and see how things are going. You know, I've, um, <clears throat> I've presided at the Eucharist all around the world in some uh, pretty powerful places, like uh, we, we did the Eucharist one day at uh, the Church of uh, the Holy Sepulchre, where Jesus rose from the dead. That was pretty powerful. And, uh, and then we've done it where Jesus prayed in the Chapel of the Nations, prayed his last prayer. And, uh, but uh, I always remember uh, the 2000, year 2000, which is hard to believe is, what, 21 years ago. And um, you fixed up everything. And there was a major repair because you had the convocation coming. And, uh, and one of the things that happened there that not everybody knew, but every diocese gathered together individually and had the Eucharist here at the altar. And that was a very, I still remember that, very powerful moment. There's an anointing here. And uh, so it's hard to believe that all that time has gone by. I think it's been 27 years since I had first, first came to, to San Clemente. And since then, I've got these great memories. And, um, and I, what, what I believe, I don't want to live in the memories. Um, so, you know, I heard somebody say just recently that old men are to dream dreams. And if you find yourself living in memories all the time, you're not living in dreams. But that, um, we're to have dreams. You know, young men will have visions and build things. And we need to release that in the young men. But the dreams are still there. And I have a dream. I have dreams for, for St. Michael's and for the CEC. Um, you've given much. You've sacrificed a great deal, and, um, and my God and your God will give you a blessing for all of that. So just get ready. And uh, I've been here for um, a week or so now. I did the clergy conference, and uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to talk to you about what I talked to with them, but, uh, but uh, I tried my best to plant some seeds, and now the ground is up to you. <laughs> what kind of ground it's going to, those seeds are going to fall on. But they were seeds of the Lord. Well, today is uh, the day before All Saints Day, but you celebrate All Saints Day on Sunday because nobody would come to church tomorrow. And uh, so we have All Saints Day or All Saints Sunday uh, because it's very important to, to remember that day. Actually, today is Halloween, which comes, uh, you know, it all comes from All Holy Evening, uh, the day before um, uh, before All Saints, 
it uh, has its birth among the Celts. Now, if you have a Celtic heritage, uh, you can be very proud of it, except during this period of time uh, when the guys used to paint themselves blue and run around naked. But it, the Celts were originally pagans, and, uh, and, and I mean, and really serious pagans. They had druids and all kinds of this mystical world. And, um, and, that, and I'm telling you this, that's my heritage. I come from that group. Uh, like eight, I did Ancestor.com, and like 87% of me is Celtic, and uh, the rest is real close to Celtic. You know, I was all from that little area of the world. And, um, and so Halloween had its origins in paganism. Uh, by the way, so did Christmas. So, uh, all of those who aren't going to celebrate Halloween because it's pagan, you can't celebrate Christmas either because uh, it had its roots in paganism. Um, it was a pagan festival, and people would, again, paint their faces and put all kinds of uh, different things on and go into the forest naked uh, to scare off uh, dead souls that might be wandering around, interfering with their life, uh, kind of like the Celtic version of uh, zombies or the walking dead. You know, and, and so this big feast once a year. Um, and... The Celts, the Celtic missionaries, the missionaries who came, uh, were really brilliant. They didn't come in and try to destroy everything. What they did is they, they called, they baptized it. So they would take that which was pagan and turn it into something Christian. And, um, and that's what happened with All Holy Evening. But the Christians would dress up as saints or people from the Bible, and, uh, and prepare for All Saints Day. And so they would honor the dead rather than try to scare them away. And so hence we get the, the Halloween tradition getting, getting carried on. And uh, Now, what happened with the Celts is they took the saints to a whole new level. If you get involved in Irish spirituality, there's a saint for everything. Yeah. You know, the idea of the patron saint, that's the Irish. You know, and you've got, you've got this saint and that saint, and one takes care of colds, the other finds your car, the other one, you know, it's like, they're like uh, uh, missionaries for people who can't order their lives. Um, so, <laughs> so, here they, so they just took it, and, but there's this part of the, the saints are, are really part of that, that spirituality that connected in a good way, the good side of that, was it connected the people of God beyond what they could see around them, into looking into the great cloud of witnesses. It gave them, a, when you read Revelations, one of my favorite readings from Scripture is Revelation, and it's usually read for funerals. I mean, that's a funeral reading, but it's this description of, of those who have gone before us and in that place where there's no tears, that there's victory for those who have, prevailed. And, and then all of Revelation gives us a glimpse into what heaven is. And, the, and that same thing, that's what, that's what connected. It's like we're connected there. And those saints became our heroes in the church. One of the things that, that concerns me in, in the secular world today is that we all have heroes. It's just the ones we have aren't worth being heroes. The celebrities, 
You know, uh, I mean, you know, I, we, we've been talking about this with some of the guys. Like, I don't, I really don't care uh, what um, Robert De Niro thinks. Either for or against, I just don't care. I just don't think he's worth caring about, except for his soul. But I love his movies. You follow me? I mean, he's not a hero. He's not somebody say, hey, look up to Sean Penn. You know, or, I mean, the list could go on and on, but somehow we've, we've got this, this is, in the secular world, these are people we follow. Well, for the Celts, it was the saints. And they were real heroes. They were people you wanted to, to be like, that you wanted to be able to live out that life. One of my, one of my uh, favorite saints is Maximilian Kolbe. You all know him? He's a real friend of mine. Maximilian was a prisoner in the concentration camps. He was a priest. And uh, a prisoner escaped. And the guards pulled together and said, we're going to kill uh, one of you because of that prisoner. And they picked out this man, and the man's pleading, don't kill me, I have a family. And Maximilian Colby stepped in front and said, kill me. And he gave his life for that man. And I had the blessing of going standing in his cell. That man survived Auschwitz. And he was there when Maximilian Colby was sainted. Imagine that. See, that's a hero. You know, and there, there's some modern-day guys. Another one is Jonathan Daniels, who was a seminarian in, in the 1960s, 1965, and he was down in Selma, Alabama with the Civil Rights Movement. And, and he got done with that. They crossed the bridge. You all know the Montgomery, if you watch the movie Selma. Well, he was out one day in another town nearby, and the, had an African-American young girl, like 15 years old, and another man with him. And they stopped into a store to get a soda. And this white guy, probably a Klan member, pulled out a shotgun and aimed it at the little girl. And he stood in front of that little girl and was killed. That little girl is still alive today. That's a hero. That's wanting to live out the life of Christ, to lay down your life for another and, um, and so I've always had this really healthy view of the saints. I don't, ask, I don't pray to them. Uh, they're busy. But I ask them to pray for me. And, and, uh, and I figured this out early on as a charismatic, that if you ask a charismatic to pray for you, they might. You know, <laughs> you know like you get put on Facebook, people are praying. Well, that's about as far as it gets, you know that. But if you ask a saint to pray for you, they will. So I know how, you know, it's assurance. And so I'll ask Maximilian and Jonathan and, and others, will you pray for me? You know, and uh, it's not praying to the dead. They're not dead. Last I checked, you know, they're very much alive. In fact, they're more alive than we are. You know, they've, they've conquered death. You know, that's what happens when you die is you conquer death. You don't die. You, you, you enter into death and you conquer it, and then you're resurrected forever and ever and ever. See, people are trying to conquer death right now because people fear death. One of the things that 
that's um, become obvious during, during the, the pandemic, or whatever we want to call it, is fear, and particularly fear of dead. You know, that somehow I'm going to be saved by a face diaper. I'm not going to die if I wear this face diaper in the lobby of my hotel. But you've got people who wear the face diaper driving a car all by themselves. You know, it's like, it's hard to talk to those people. There's just such fear that's come upon them. I love them. But there's this fear, and what is, it's not, it's fear of dead. That's fear of getting COVID. I mean, you don't live in fear, you don't wear a face mask not to get the flu. Right? So it's not fear of the disease, it's the fear that this is going to kill me or I'm going to kill somebody else. And so, you know, that the most dangerous person in the world right now is the person sitting next to you. And you've got to protect yourself from them because they might kill you if they don't have a mask on. Even though the evidence doesn't bear it out at all. You know, it's like kids with face masks. Parents are scared their kid's going to go to school and die. Even though the chances of getting COVID to a child are far less than that child getting the flu. And we don't go through all this gymnastics. And that's the enemy. The enemy just wants to pour fear. Now, it's real. I lost a friend, and we did, Bishop Ricardo Alcaraz. My heart still breaks at the death of this man. And his daughter puts pictures up, and I get teary-eyed. Because I loved him, and he died of COVID. And we lost a great couple of great deacons in Europe. There's one named Angel that, that, that was a chef, and he was just the greatest guy. He was about this big around and about this tall, and he could cook. And, uh, but he was just a saint of God. And so it's real. I'm not saying it's not real. I just say that they came in, and here's, here's the danger. When you're afraid of death, and it, if, if the world can get you afraid of death, then they will create what I believe is a biomedical state, and it will become tyrannical. They will control you. They will never let you get out of fear. And they will keep coming at you, and you'll have Delta virus, Omega virus, Una virus. Now they're talking about keeping face masks on our children forever to prevent disease around them because we're afraid of death. And so we need to get used to the fact. Here's, I got some news for you. If you haven't figured this out, you're going to die. It's just, you just don't know when yet. Right? But it's going to happen. I mean, I want to go later, the sooner, I think. You know, depending on how things are going. There are days that I've gone, beam me, beam me up, Yahweh, I want out of here. <laughs> but, you know, but you're going to die. Everyone is going to die. You don't know what you're going to die from. You know, we all have the plan. You want it to be quick, no something. That's usually not how it happens, you know. Going to die. Now, hear this. That's good news. 
Most people think that's bad. That's good news that you're going to die. Because when you die, you're going to lay in a casket, and you can't do anything. You know, when you're dead, you're dead. You ever know dead people don't do anything except on television? You know, they, you're dead. You're just there. And that'll be the one point in your life when you won't fight God's will for you. Think of it, because you can't. He's got you in dead. That's why Jesus said, what do we have to do to find life? Die. So you should really start now. Get in the process. You're going to die. And that's a process of life. You keep, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when God's will and my will don't line up. You know, I, find, I just discovered that it's absolutely useless arguing with God. That's like the, the most useless thing you can possibly do. It's right up there with not believing he exists. <laughs> you know? But when you come to a moment, well, what happens when you die? What's going to happen is the greatest miracle that you've ever experienced. You're going to be resurrected. And you're going to become totally a glorified person in that place of peace and joy and surrender to God. See, Jesus didn't eliminate death. He conquered death. And the saints remind us of that, that death has been conquered. And that's our message. And we need to be real focused on the world that's trying to indoctrinate us, that's also trying to indoctrinate our children into fear. Public schools want to take control. Now, I'm not, I don't want to get political, but there's a race in Virginia where the one candidate said parents have no say in the curriculum of their children in school. And everybody's shocked. They've been believing that for years. What happened was the pandemic and parents began to watch what the kids were watching on the computer. <laughs> I said, well, no, wait a minute. They said, wait a minute. Now, I went through this when I was a parent. I got a letter home one day that said, um, it was with my middle daughter, that they were going to teach her how to use condoms. This was back in the HIV, you know, thing. Uh, when we thought this little thing was going to prevent, wasn't going to, if you did this and were immoral, you wouldn't die. I mean, that was basically what condoms were about, and, and premarital sex. So, but as a parent, I could object. Guess what? I objected. Two days later, I got a call from the superintendent of schools. Now, I lived in an area like, like here where there were 1.2 million people. Not a lot of parents, not a lot of Christians. And I was the only person that objected. So he wanted to meet me. Okay, so I went in and we had the conference and he looked at me and said, we are very correct. He said, you know, he told me that. You're the only parent that objected. And I said, yeah, I don't want her to do it. He said, well, look, he said, it's just like it's part of our health curriculum. Like we teach them how to brush their teeth, we teach them how to take showers and you know, all the hygienic things. I went, oh, you don't have to teach her that either. I'll take care of that. 
I'm, I would like you to work on teaching her how to read her diploma when she graduates, how to add, how to get a job. That's why I'm sending her to you. And he just looked like stunned, shocked at, you know. See, but we as parents, we as Christian parents, we need to know that we're in very critical times. The strategy is just, it's always been there, but it's just more obvious of the tyranny that keeps coming at us and coming at us to the point you're going, when is this ever going to end? Not. It'll come in another form. And it's all to do with government domination, not only of each one of us, but of our families. In fact, it's the destruction of the family is the agenda. How do we redefine it? In New York State, I don't know about California, but we have 17 different genders on our applications, including other and not sure. You know? 17. And that's just read, and there's nothing you can do about it. If you say, well, I'm opposed to that, right? You're not, not just disagreeing, you are the enemy. You're the enemy. You're a hater. You're a white supremacist. You're, you're the most evil thing in the country today. And you send your kids to school. That's what they're being taught. Do you understand that? That's what's being taught. It's right in the right there. And we as a church need to think about that or what our children are at stake. Let's forget about the country. Just our children. Their soul, their understanding, there's a confusion, and they want it confused. And they want to have it so that they come home and think you're a white supremacist. (laughs) Or you're homophobic. Because the teacher or whoever has showed them this and that. And it's got constant, constant, constant to divide us and divide us from our children. You know, it's even being careful of government-funded kindergarten. Since when should the federal government pay for kindergarten? And that, I thought that education was a state responsibility. More than that, I thought it was a local responsibility. Why do they want our kids from kindergarten? So we've been given, and particularly St. Michael's, let me encourage you, you've been given a vision a lot of churches don't have. You've been given eyes to see for the last, I know, 27 years and even longer into this prophetic realm. Why did God allow that? Why did God do that? Just to have it end? To have it go away? To make so you can get old and comfortable and retire from spiritual warfare? Or are we in a new challenge? Are we going to come out of the, the uh, pandemic having survived? Or are we going to come out having been revived and renewed and ready to fight? ready to do what God is demanding of us with our time, with our talent, with our treasures. You see, what we know, America was great 
because it built was built on principles that were discovered in the scriptures of human dignity, of worth, of creating a place where the individual could prosper, could own land, and a place where it would correct itself when it got on error. And it has. It has. Battles were fought by Christians. You know, when I marched over the bridge in Selma, Alabama in 1965, it was Christians leading the way who said, this stuff doesn't respect the dignity of a human being. Where'd they learn that? In the scriptures. And they laid their lives down and fought the battle. They again say the vision for St. Michael's is from God. And we need to call the eldership to say, get that vision clear. It's critical. It's crucial. The world system in the United States, and especially in California, you're on the front battle line of lunacy. I, ho- I think you know that, right? What's it? Lunacy. I was in New York, and I thought it was loony. And uh, until I moved to Florida, I now live in the free state of Florida. <laughs> we don't have this stuff. Our restaurants have been open. I haven't worn a mask since December. Nobody does. It's not no mandate to get a vaccine, no nothing of that. Somehow Florida says people have, are grown-ups and can determine what they're going to do with, uh, with their lives. Hopefully that will pass on. But we've got, it's unraveling though. It's going to unravel. And people are hurting. Your neighbors are afraid. They're living in fear. And not only the pandemic, they're living in fear that their families are going to fall out. The number one fear in children today, two, there's actually two. One is that they're going to die of COVID. The second is that their parents are going to divorce. That's the fear. I remember talking to my daughter once and saying, you know, when I grew up, I didn't know, any, I didn't know anybody divorced until my family divorced. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. And my daughter turns to me and said, Dad, I don't know anybody whose marriages have stayed together. And people are in fear of that. They don't know how to have relationships. We got a battle, but the saints are with us. Saints are with us. There's a great hymn that talks about that. All the saints, we do battle. They're with us. Bishop Adler is praying for us. That's what he's doing. Betty is praying for us. Father Joseph, praying for us. Ashley, Gina, Jonah, they're praying for us. Mikey's praying for us. See, Bishop Ricardo's praying for us. Frank Constantino's praying for us. Deacon Ben from Manila is praying for us. Bishop Otieno, the first African bishop, is praying for us. Joining with us day after day. In every Eucharist, they gather with us. They're here. 
We can't see them now, but they're here. Our faith opens our eyes to see their presence along with St. Michael the Archangel and all the angels. St. Michael's fight the fight. Don't be complacent. Don't give up. Don't get settled. Call the church to war. Don't be a chapel. Be a place of battle. You've been put here for such a time as this. Join the fight. It's going to get fierce. But now's the time to walk by faith and live the victory of the crucified life where we experience that liberation that comes from breaking those things that so easily entangle us to get out of the battle that trip us up. Now is the time to grab hope of that which endures faith and hope and love and to live with our eyes looking at the one who won the battle, Jesus our King. Behold the Lamb of God this morning who takes away the sins of the world. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Creed? I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things, visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God, very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. 
that they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you made us one with your saints in heaven and on earth. Grant that our earthly pilgrimage, we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whom all our intercessions are acceptable through thy spirit, and who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Peace of the Lord. <laughs> Okay, good morning, everybody. Um, I, I just have one little announcement. It's for the men. <laughs> Men's retreat's coming up in about two weeks. Uh, so you can uh, pay for it uh, by cash or check to me directly, or you can pay at our website. If you pay on the website, let me know so that I can mark you down. But uh, that's a great place to go and get armed for battle. Amen. So... Please make it, and uh, everything you need to know is on the flyer. That's when to show up, when we're going to start, where it is. I'll give you your itinerary when we get there, because I'm guessing, as all the wives and mothers know, if I gave it to them now, they just yeah. lose it. We, <laughs> I think we're going to break the, uh, the record this time on numbers, if, if not the mold, but... Uh, how many did you say was coming from uh, Las Vegas? Uh, he's, uh, Father John House is bringing a, a small contingent. I think about 10 or so is coming with him. So, <laughs> so it's gonna, yeah, we're going to have a great time. And the uh, Lord's going to be really there in a powerful way. I just know he is. It's, uh, it's been an amazing year that we've had with the Lord in spite of uh, all the attacks and the uh, COVID and this and that. Uh, we've had a really interesting walk and the life of St. Michael's is carried on pretty normally <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking for a spectacular men's retreat be there or be square amen <laughs> all right and uh, I guess Bishop Bates you've got a following online I do uh, so you can you can follow Bishop Bates on on Facebook or YouTube if you want to get a little more of what you heard this morning Amen. 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 As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
This is um, the Lord's table. It's not St. Michael's table. It's not the CEC table. It's the Lord's table. And it's the Lord's Supper. It's the Supper of the Lamb. And it's the Lord who has called us to the Supper of the Lamb. So blessed are those who are called. So if you've been baptized in the name of the Trinity, you are welcome at the Lord's invitation to receive his body and blood at his table. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For in the multitude of your saints, you have surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses that we might rejoice in their fellowship and run with endurance the race that is set before us. And together with them, receive the crown of glory that never fades away. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, Jesus took bread and gave you thanks. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. Gave the cup to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ has risen. And is risen. 
and Christ, Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life, giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with me, an unworthy servant, and your bishop of this diocese, Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those whom we bear upon our hearts. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us thy peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb.
Let us pray together. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage love and serve you with gladness and single heart. Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Well, in the words of one of the great American heroes, I'll be back. <laughs> and I really drawn back here, and, uh, and I will sooner than later. But as you leave here and you go out into that, that harvest field, which is also a battlefield, remember the gospel. Don't get off track that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting your sins against you. Tell that to your neighbors, <laughs> that God loves you, that God's forgiven you, and since God is not angry with you, and above all, God will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and with those you love and care for this day and forever. Amen. When I'm not forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.